So, hello, everyone. I'm Tal Slamrod. I'm Jamie Gunderson. And I'm Ben Seipel. And this is our podcast on podcasting. Oh! So meta. <laughs> it is. Okay. So, uh, do you want to just fill us in what we're doing? Yeah, so we're just doing a quick poll to see some podcasts and an idea of what people know about podcasts already. And I haven't shared mine yet. One, I listen to a lot of stuff you missed in history class, which talks about, but oh, a lot of head shaking here. <laughs> I call them the history girls because they always teach me about things that I never learned in history class, such as the great vowel slide or how the haunted house at Disneyland took decades to build and develop. And yours? Um, favorite podcast? Uh, probably uh, Radio Lab, and we can get into a debate. On whether we were talking about this earlier, if it's actually just an NPR show or a podcast, right? And what came first, chicken or the egg? Um, on NPR, we can review. And then I'm skipping Peter's season, but I'm always good for some really just bad, raunchy bachelor, bachelorette podcasts. Kristen Baldwin's a good one to go to, um, but I kind of hit my limit on the ridiculousness of it, so I'm taking a season off. <laughs> okay. So now you kind of have an idea, and we have a better idea of what you already know. So most of you know what a podcast is. It's some pre-recorded audio file that you can listen on a radio, on a mobile device, etc. So with that in mind, here's our learning goals for today and our agenda. You'll be able to identify some key components of a podcast when you're making a podcast. And just another quick poll, raise a hand. How many of you actually make podcasts already for your students or for other reasons? Awesome. Oh, we got two. Do you mind sharing what you make your podcast about? Um, well, we did it as a unit last year, and so the kids got to choose kind of an interest that they had, and then it was the writing cycles, so you know, the brainstorming process all the way through. And they, they only did. Like, Do you want to come up and give this presentation? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just check out. Yeah, and what about you? Uh, not that extensive. We oh. just kind of did a short show about their favorite songs. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. like, talking about it, what makes it cool. Um, that's great. Awesome. So again, this will probably be a review for you. Uh, and probably most of you can probably identify some of the key components already, but we'll break it down. We'll identify how we use and implement UDL in podcasting and why it's a good fit. And then we'll identify some pros and cons uh, that you can probably think of already when it comes to podcasting, but some of the research that supports that. And how we identify and avoid some of the pitfalls that occurs when you have specifically guests who come into your podcast to share their expertise. Uh, to get there, we'll we're get an introduction poll. We'll do talk about production and uh, discussion, how we actually go that process, especially the conceptualization aspect, how we deploy it and put it on some type of platform that students or other people can access, and then we'll recap with those pros and cons. And then, as I mentioned, we'll have a QR code where you can download all these resources, including a handout and even potentially the actual podcast that we're making right now. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, as you already probably have determined, uh, podcasts are popular. Everybody here seems to know what they are. Uh, we all have our favorite one. Um, they also are just simply digital audio files that you can use and upload to a platform or keep on your own phone in their various formats. Most of us are familiar with MP3s, but there are other formats that you can use depending on the platform or device you use, such as a waveform, which is more of a Microsoft type thing, or an OGG. Uh, you can embed them pretty much anywhere that there's internet access or any uh, technical logical aspects, such as a learning management system, if you have that, or host it on a website. Uh, you can embed it pretty easily with HTML coding. Uh, you can hyperlink it, so that's what I do a lot in my classes, and I know they do that as well. Um, and there tend to be very less formal, as you probably talked about with The Bachelorette. You probably didn't expect that to come up in today's conversation. I'm a man of surprises. <laughs> academic study when we talk about The Bachelor and Bachelorette. 
You also can probably infer some of the reasons why they're so popular is that you can get really in-depth in topics that you might not have otherwise been able to do. And we'll see that specifically with some of our guests that we bring in, or specifically Tall and Jamie bring in, to their uh, topics. Um, and so they also get access to these experts in the field. So uh, we all have our own expertise in research, but maybe they need somebody who is an expert in EBD. And so they can call that person and bring that person to bring in their research on assistive technology and EBD. Um, and that helps differentiate instruction, actually. That way you can help have an audio file, give examples, uh, and we'll show some ways that they use assessment in with their podcasts. And then it's also helpful when combined with note-taking. So one of the things with online learning, which is one of my areas of expertise, we know that students tend to not engage as much with the material, and you can provide scaffolds for that, but giving a listening guide might help that uh, in creating that post-production and pre-production to help guide learning. And then finally, it's like you're listening in on a conversation. So you're being an interlocutor, which is this way of like feeling like you're a part of the conversation even if you're not there. And so that adds a layer of engagement we don't normally get when we have a pre-recorded canned lecture, or just even that, that you have this like dissemination as opposed to a conversation. So we're going to kind of mitigate, migrate more to that conversation aspect now. Um, but first of all, it's actually Tal's going to talk about our student demographic a little bit. So just to kind of put it in perspective, and this is kind of one of the reasons why uh, Jamie and I started really podcasting, is um, if you look at the demographics of our students and our student population, um, we have a multifaceted area of the state, here, uh, California, that we have to hit. Um, our diverse set of learners. We have face-to-face -face students. We have online students. Um, some of our students are getting their general and special education credentials at the same time or within the same year. And then, of course, we also have traditional special education credential students. Um, large gamut of ages. Some are just right out of their undergrad. Others are returning students. So we really have students anywhere from the age of 22 upwards into their 60s. Um, Multifaceted multi in the level of experience that they have, um, both in teaching and technology. Um, and uh, the, for regions-wise, our students are placed for their credential, and we serve an area of about 33,000 square miles. To put that in perspective, that's about the size of Ohio. And we have students placed all over that. So we need to find ways that we can actually engage with them and communicate with them and make sure that they feel that they're actually a part of the university. Um, and by podcasting, that enables us is one way we can actually do that. Of course, there are other ways uh, that we can do that through Zoom and a um, whole other uh, range of ways, but that's not for this presentation. Um, and we also want to just make sure that we're engaging our, our, our learners. Um, as we know, we can, you can design a, a fantastic lesson, but if students aren't engaged, then it all goes down to the, the potty area. So, um, so we really want to make sure that we engage our learners and um, really meet our objectives of teaching whatever material that we're um, trying to teach them. How do I switch spots? Yeah. Okay, so setting up a podcast is um, the first step, really, uh, physically and conceptually. So, Jamie and Tal, can you tell us some of the things that are the tools that you have and what you buy or don't buy to actually uh, set up your podcast? So, I think the first thing that we kind of 
before we set anything up is we try to think about the topic. So once we've identified what our topic is, and that normally aligns with our progression in our assistive technology course, then we can kind of um, start with like the setup and the planning. So um, it, you can see we have a mic set up, and Tal knows a lot more about the mic. Um, this is kind of a fancy sm schmancy model, so I'll let him take over um, and describe that to you. So this is um, my fancy schmancy actually isn't so fancy schmancy. <laughs> Um, and if you really wanted to go, um, and we can talk a little bit more in depth if we have time, but, um, if you wanted to go for a fancier hundreds of dollars mic, you absolutely could, but you really, um, don't need, it. I think this mic, um, with the stand was $30 on Amazon. Um, so it's definitely something that's reasonable. Um, but your computer has a pretty fancy mic built into it. You can even just use that. Um, you can use your, your phone, um. You know, I've podcasted just with my phone before last year um, here uh, at well, here, Indianapolis CEC. Um, I podcast just with my phone and just using talking into my phone like this. It actually works really well. So you can use anything from the stuff that you already have to spending $30 and plugging it into your computer. It's really whatever resources um, that you have. You can go from spending nothing to hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars if you really wanted to even like soundproof a room, but um, it really isn't necessary. Uh, so you ta touched on two things there. You said you took it to CEC last year and then just being a soundproof room. Uh, where do you normally record your podcasts? We or? record in our office, Yep. Um, which uh, for the most part is fairly quiet. Um, everybody has, I'm sure, some workspace that you know is is fairly quiet most of the time, not always. Um, but for our purposes, it works fine. If you're recording serial, for example, they're probably doing that in a thousands of dollars, fancy schmancy, um, recording booth where it's soundproofed and they're doing multiple takes. Um, but for our purposes, this is, this is what we do. We set it up at the microphone and we, and we talk. Yeah. You mentioned doing multiple takes, which is something that people might not consider, uh, that you actually do re-record. Are there other considerations that people have to think about when planning for a podcast? Like maybe long, if the podcast is a half an hour, maybe you need an hour to actually record it. What are some of those types of things to think about? I could uh, yeah. jump in here. So I think one of the things that we've learned over, uh, doing podcasts together is, uh, that we don't stop. So when we're recording our podcasts, you guys are going to, like, I'm going to make mistakes. I sometimes fumble on my words or I you? talk too fast oh, all the time. Yeah, I'll probably do it today. Um, and so I think the one thing that we, a couple in our initial podcast, I remember that we would stop and start over and we would try to like do it all perfect at once. And that wasn't efficient because then you're, you're freaked out. Now you're like watching your, it's like when somebody's watching you type, you can't type, you know, now you have like this pressure and you just you're like, ah. Um, so instead what we've kind of learned is that we just keep going. And if we mess up um, or if I like, I, you hardly mess up. I tend to be like, let me take that one more time. I'll give myself a little bit of time and then I'll just start up again. And then I leave it to the guru to edit all my mistakes out. So um, all of that's done post-production or post-recording. And we'll talk more about post-production at the end. But uh, So the physical setup is one aspect. But at this time, it might be a good question for the audience. Do any of you have questions about the physical setup with a microphone or a room or a computer? Okay. Feel free easy to peasy. Hey, yeah, got that done. So moving on. The next part is actually probably something a little bit more complex. Uh, is the conceptual setup. How do you mm -hmm. determine your guest speaker, the topic, the planning, the objectives, all that, um, and storyboarding and scripting? What are, what are those things? How do you do that? 
Yeah, so um, if uh, I'll kind of talk about what we theoretically like, what we're thinking. Um, so we're trying to, when we came up with this idea to do podcasting, uh, we really wanted to a engage our learners, but we also wanted to make sure that we were kind of, you know, you guys have heard of UDL, yeah, yeah, all right, good, yeah, every head should be shaking. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to kind of be able to model for our students some strategies that we were incorporating in our instruction that they could then take into their classrooms, and so podcast was one kind of way that we wanted to demonstrate this. Um, so we started to kind of develop this idea, and originally it was just kind of conversational. But as we've gotten better and more experienced, now we kind of sit down and we methodically plan. Um, we talk about what it, it is that our, we want our students to learn. Um, we have kind of an introduction, and we'll, we'll kind of show you that. Uh, we think about the topic. We try to provide some historical reviews so the students can kind of get a picture of like, hey, where did we start? Where where are we going with this? Or how did, like, for example, UDL, where did it start? And how is it, um, how, what does it look like now in education? And then we'll also talk a little bit about the research and trends. And then that's when we kind of bring in a speaker whose experience aligns with either the trend that we're talking about, the research that we've talked about. Um, but really the goal is to provide the students some type of implementation tip. So we kind of, you can see on our podcast planning, we have kind of like an outline of just some there's no like process for which we go through and write about these things. It's just kind of some ideas to help kind of scope and sequence it out. Um, we do also align to UDL because we provide multiple mediums. So any of our podcasts, typically, depending on what platform we deploy to, we'll have like closed captioning or sometimes we pro we could provide a script. Um, but we also want our students to be able to process that information and then do something with it. So in just a moment, we'll talk to you about, you know, it's not just about them listening to the podcast. It's like, okay, what are we doing with that information and how are you using it? And so that was a real big push for us is we didn't want just like some podcasts. It's like putting an article up on a learning management system. You're hopeful that they read it. You encourage it. But do you really know? And this was something that if we were going to take the time, we really wanted our students to engage back with us. Mm -hmm. um, and from a pedagogical point of view. It's just like, you know, any lesson. It's just a different sense of medium, yeah. right? So you're still setting your objectives. What do you yeah. want to teach, you know, at the end? What's this, the assessment going to be to make sure that your students have met those ob objectives? Um, and then how are you delivering it? And this is just a different form of delivery. Um, and so we're going through beforehand, making sure that we're setting our objectives. We're going through figuring out, making sure the assessment matches those objectives. Um, and then we're taking the steps through the podcast to hopefully um, teach to reach those objectives. So I'm going to pivot a little bit because you mentioned uh, inviting your experts, which is a big yes. reason to use podcasting. Yes. Um, how do you decide who to contact? Do you call, cold call these experts and see if they'll come talk to you? Or how, how do you set that up? Well, um, so normally when we're researching the topic, that's where we'll find people. Sometimes we are lucky and we know somebody who has a good um, like expertise in that area. Um, but we do try to find people specific to the topic. So, for example, we did a podcast on EBD, and um, we actually consulted with a lady out of the University of New South Wales, Dr. Terry Cumming. She's wonderful, and she was a mentor of mine when I was in college back in the day. Um, she actually worked with Tal on a couple of chapters. chapters. Um, so we knew her, and that was a very yeah. convenient thing, and it just so happened that she's a good authority sure. on EBD. So we were lucky in that respect. But other times, we just reach out to colleagues who have kind of an affinity right. or expertise for yeah. what we're looking for. What yeah. do you do to prepare those speakers? Because they may or may not be comfortable in front of a microphone or 
feeling in a less scripted right. area, what do you do to prep them? So it really depends on the speaker. If it's somebody that um, we're already friends with, because um, special education is a fairly clo- um, close-knit community, um, it's a lot of just you know talking to them beforehand. What do they want to talk about? Um, what research would they like to talk about? Because we're really trying to close that research to practice gap. Um, and maybe uh, ask them to think of not only for their research manuscript that they'd like to share. So as they're talking about their research, we can prep our students with that manuscript. So again, closing that research to practice gap. Um, We're going to provide some guiding topics or questions that they can think about that, um, again, that we'll we'll hit. Um, And then we have to talk to them about the actual technical parts. How are we going to be talking to them? Are we going to be talking to them um, over Zoom? which we usually use if, it, um, if it's going to be somebody that's more distant, like Terry, who is in Australia, um, figuring out then also that, that time difference. Is it somebody that's going to be able to actually come to campus and then we can actually have them come to our office? Um, is it somebody that's going to be talking to us on the phone? So again, uh, how are we going to actually talk through that, that technical piece as well as that research and pedagogical piece? And I got to give a little shout out because um, Tal does a really good job of like warming up our speakers. It's kind of daunting when we invite folks like, hey, do you want to be on our podcast? Like people are kind of like, I don't know, you know. And so um, Tal does a really good job of when we have a speaker consent to come speak with us. We just kind of start sitting in his office, just general conversation and organically it evolves into the topic. And then Tal will say like, all right, do you mind? That's a great starting point. Let's record. Um, so he does a really good job with that kind of warming it up. And I think that's important because you kind of want to capture in that 15 to 20 minutes of a podcast, you want to capture that like organic, authentic, natural conversation. So if you're starting the first five minutes super tense um, because it's something new and you're maybe feeling uncomfortable, uh, that's not the best. So you do a really good job with that. Yeah. How about airplane food? Um, (laughs) No, but I, I, one of the, there's different as we were saying there's different styles of podcasts right there's the the professionally made yeah. you know things like serial where they're taking multiple takes and you're trying to get this feel versus the podcast that we're trying to deliver which is really much more organic it's much more natural which i think is also much more real for our students um so there's you know I wouldn't say there's a right or wrong way. So, you know, if you're developing a podcast, try to just decide what's the style that you are. But my recommendation is don't be something that you're not. Um, I can do, I suppose we could do the serial, professional sounding, multiple layers of audio tracks, you know, put together. Um, but if you haven't gathered, that's not really my natural style. Can I do it? Absolutely. Is it something that I prefer to do? No. Um, we're going to have to move on in a second to assessment, but I, we, we're prepping for this. You, yep. We talked about blunders. Now, not everybody's a good guest speaker. Yes. Uh, so how do you keep people on track? How, what, what if something goes awry or what if the content is just crappy? What do you do? So we've had experience where we've brought people on and, and uh, we never want to tailor a person's message. That's not the purpose of having a speaker come and share their experience. Um, we want that to be an authentic message. But there are times where their message um, strays from maybe the route that we want to guide our students as teachers. And when those situations happen, um, and it only happened really once, we just continued with the podcast. We did the recording. We went back and we reviewed um, to see if we could edit and save or salvage any 
bits and we weren't able to. Um, during the actual podcast, it is a little uncomfortable and that was our first instant where we're just like, well, this is going way left of where we want to be. Um, and we tried to kind of ask more guiding questions, but unfortunately just it just didn't work. It just didn't work out. We weren't aligning. And so we just ended up not using that podcast. Um, still gracious and thank the person for coming. But it taught us a lot about how you have to walk this line of like, you don't want to give people, you don't want to feed them the message, right? Because that's not what we're after. We're trying to have this authentic experience to share. But we also want to make sure that we maintain like the objective, right? So the goal of the podcast is to create this knowledge for students. So that their experience has to align there. So I think any good like podcast producer, if you will, would like cut something that didn't align to the goal. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So many times we we shave like activities and stuff out of our lessons because they don't fit. Yeah. It's, you know, teaching on the fly even when you prepare it. And just like, you know, I'd say just like classroom teaching or in the traditional sense, as you gain experience, then you can do things on the fly a little bit more easily and you can um, gauge your audience, right? And, you know, and if you're co-teaching, gauge your co-teacher and, you know, kind of navigate that, that learning space. Okay. So we've just got a couple more minutes. Let's actually talk about how you deploy it and put it on a platform and the assessment aspect. Right. Um, so like I said, so we, you know, I use um, GarageBand. If you're talking more, pro- the more professional level, they're probably using Pro Tools. It doesn't really matter. Um, like I said, I've just used my phone sometimes when I'm just podcasting outside of the office. Like um, last year, I was doing some podcasting just in the expo hall um, with some other special educators from ISET. Um, and I was interviewing Sarah Howarth from University of Maine um, for our one of our podcasts. And this worked just fine, just talking right into the mic and then downloading it into a sound file and uploading that for our students. Um, we keep it... Um, Uploaded onto through Blackboard into something called Kaltura, which is our media um, system. Um, but it's really whatever you have access to. Yeah, there. As you can see on the screen, we have a list of other options and apps that you can download, and you can do a Google search and find more. But these are probably the most popular platforms, including iTunes, Buzzsprout, uh, Captivate, YouTube, which was referenced in the last one, and Transistor. Those are all platforms specifically for uh, podcasting. You want to talk about your yeah, own? I'll talk about. So one of the fun things that we were really excited about podcasting, um, we have our own kind of like uh, over time, it became this thing where we have our podcast is called AT with JNT. It's assistive technology with Jamie and tall Jamie and then tall. Um, and so it's fun. Ours, we have kind of our own little tagline. Our students are kind of into it. Um, and so when we started this journey, we wanted to make sure that we like I said, we weren't doing something with this information. So we required that our students submit reflections. And at first it was like a written narrative, your basic reflection, right? Um, But then we kind of opened it up and we're like, you know, in the spirit of UDL, let's give you options and let's have you create how you want to reflect back to us. You have to meet the standard. You have to tell me one thing you learned, three implementation ideas, and I provide a graphic to support that. But you'll notice my boxes in my graphic are large, so I am okay with students drawing. I am okay with uh, students creating their own graphics and submitting that um, as long as the reflection like meets the criteria. Uh, but the coolest thing that we've learned is that our students, when we opened it up, at first you get that whole naysaying, like, oh, I don't really want to, what do you mean I can't type it? What do you mean I have to find another way? And 
uh, it wasn't long mm-hmm. where we started getting actual like students getting together and doing video pod or vlogs, I guess, back to us as their reflection, which was much longer than any of the podcasting that we did. Um, and so students jumped like we've I had mean, students just, actually podcast yeah, back to us. I, we've had um, um. kids create graphics, um, put together videos. It's just been really fun to see that like. The reflection um, piece, when we opened it up and we allowed them to be creative, we got so much more out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really, really cool for us. It wasn't something that we expected, but it was something that kind of just lit this fire. And now we're all about like, okay, how can we improve this? Because our students are getting a lot out of sure. it and they are engaging. And we can tell that by the way that they're submitting their reflections. And we're just about out of time. So quickly, you can see the pros and cons of podcasting. It's relatively low cost, it's, but it's engaging, especially if you're a part of it and feel like you're a part of that conversation. Uh, there's accessibility there that might not be intuitive to it, but you can upload it to these different platforms and get uh, a video script or the script of the audio. Uh, and it's pretty short. So the goal is to condense the ideas into a timely manner. There is a slight learning curve, as you heard from Tall, with the production aspect. And sometimes the production quality can be poor. Um, and it does require some technology skill, both on the part of the producers and on your students. But once you develop those skills, uh, it's easier for everybody involved and is another way to access material. Um, as we mentioned, you can use these tools. Uh, there's a QR code here that, I'm, that you can snap and we'll make it a little bit more accessible. But we do have a handout on this page as well that uh, highlights all the things that we talked about here. Um, and uh, our last bit here is to be creative and have fun. Um, but we'll open up to questions at this point. Nobody wants to go on record. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say your kind of ratio is for prep time versus actual podcast time? So how much prep do you have to do versus um, kind of the length of your ultimate? It's surprisingly little, like I would say. Um, Once. It- yeah, not once you get started and you kind of mm-hmm. know the, what you have to do to just t- talk to and line up, you know, schedule your speakers if you have one. Um, I would say I can. We can usually prep in a matter of five ten minutes, um, and then the actual podcasting, depending on twenty to thirty minutes, depending on how long you'd want it to be, and then um, usually editing doesn't take me more than uh, fifteen minutes. So you say, like, once you get started reasonably, you could podcast and deploy in an hour. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, the more you do it, the faster you get. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe time for one more question, but you can always come visit us this afternoon or talk to us after the session. Uh, The QR code's a little bit more accessible here. I see some people are logging in. This is, we've created Creative Commons, so everybody has access to it to actually modify it as well. So just be respectful. If you choose to download it and use it, just be mindful that other people might want to use it as well. That's it. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on our podcast.